Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. God's word is going to strengthen you and his word will empower you to do and to complete what he has called you to do. Praise God. Now, before we jump into today's primary message, let's first honor the Lord with our finances and bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. Let me read a scripture to you concerning God's prosperity plan for your life. This is found in Psalm 66. And let's go to verse 10. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. Well, these testings can get kind of hot sometimes. My friends, you need to understand that while you are being obedient in your finances, you're honoring the Lord with the tithe, you're giving offerings and sowing those as financial seed, believing God for a harvest, you have to apply your faith in this area because there are various trials or difficulties that God will allow you to go through so that your character is developed and that you're strong, that your faith is developed, that patience is developed. But my friends, you're going to come through all of these things. Praise God. Keep on going. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. There are many challenges along the way. Uh, if you look at the lives of many people who are very successful, uh, if you talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, you find that many of them have overcome many setbacks. Uh, some have overcome not only bankruptcy, some of them have overcome multiple bankruptcies, but they kept on going. They never quit. They never threw in the towel. You know, I was reading recently about a, a Christian businessman and he had a business and some things didn't work out. He got into trouble financially and then ended up losing everything. Uh, the only problem is that while he lost everything, he still kept all of the debts. <laughs> the debts didn't go away. And so uh, he was he was contemplating uh, his great dilemma and in some ways was just hoping that he would have a grand heart attack and just die and escape from all of the uh, sorrows that were surrounding him. But you know what? He was encouraged and despite having lost everything and then, and then uh, having all of these uh, debtors and creditors that now are coming after you, he just decided to try again. And he got back into the word of God and said, well, Lord, you know, I look back, I realized I made some mistakes, but he got back uh, in, in a close fellowship with the Lord and he was reading the words of Jesus. And Jesus said, you are uh, the salt of the earth. And when he read that, and he was reading through the Bible, but when he read that one statement, it so shocked him and stood out to him that he went into the salt business and uh, so he started, uh, you know, gathering salt and selling salt and uh, he got more and more salt, sold more and more of it. Long story short, he became a multi-millionaire many, many times over. Praise the Lord. So there are trials and there's difficulties going through life. There will be uh, challenges, but you can overcome them through your close walk with God, through your trust and faith in God, and hang in there, and you will arrive to uh, the conclusion of verse 12, you brought us out to rich fulfillment. In the Hebrew, that describes a place of moisture and a great expanse. And that's something that you would really want in the Middle East. You would want access to uh, moisture. You would, you would want to be able to blossom and grow and flourish. And that is all contained in this meaning. Uh, some versions translated as abundance. Uh, the King James Version calls it rich fulfillment. All of those are accurate uh, descriptions of where God is taking you to. So enjoy the journey. Fight the good fight of faith along the lines of the journey, because this is where you're coming to, a place of rich 
fulfillment. You really want to develop even as you're on the journey, because you can't get there unless this mentality is in you on the journey. You must develop a mentality of abundance. Even if you're at a place where there's something that you would see, and maybe you would like to have that, and you don't have the money to buy it, don't ever say, please, my friends, don't ever say, I can't afford that. You must stop that type of talking, and you must stop that type of thinking. Now, if you realize you can't buy it, just realize also that one day soon you will. That is, if you want to later on, okay, if that desire is still there. Uh, because desires do change, as we all know. What maybe excited you three years ago, uh, maybe you've lost interest in it. But uh, that's another thing that goes into the wisdom of purchases. But my friends, have a mentality of abundance. Have a mindset of more than enough, that you're in the overflow and develop that and continue on that as you're on your way to your place of abundance, your place of rich fulfillment. Now, as we're on this journey, uh, let us also continue to honor the Lord because this is all covenant based. In other words, it's not based on luck or chance. It, in some ways, it's not even based on hard work, although we're going to give it our best. Absolutely. But it's based upon the blessing of the Lord. And it takes the spirituality of it. Uh, it's not just about working 80 or 90 or 100 hours because you could go that direction, lean too far over in that. And the next thing you know, your marriage has fallen apart uh, and you, you've lost your relationship with your children because you're gone at work all the time. And you've lost your most importantly, your walk with the Lord because you're working all the time. So there's the right balance. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. That's why you want to walk in covenant because God's going to get you there. Praise the Lord. All right. So. Let's work the covenant. Amen. The tithe belongs to the Lord. 10% is God's. Let's get it to him quickly. Not at the end of the month when all of the other bills have been paid. No, let's get it to him as it's coming in. You know, there are online church members that are Uber drivers and it's fun to see their tithes when their tithes come in because sometimes the tithe is $25, sometimes the tithe is $250, but they're tithing as they're earning, sometimes even daily. <laughs> and it's a beauty to see that. Sometimes they'll tithe over what they did on the weekend. But whatever your, your career field is, the tithe belongs to God. Uh, even if you sell a home, even if you uh, receive your inheritance, maybe from your parents or from another source, the tithe, 10% of that, of all of your increase, 10% belongs to God, whether you earned it through work or whether it was something that was perhaps gifted into your life, 10% belongs to the Lord. We're going to bring it into the storehouse now. Now, let us also honor the Lord with offerings. The 10% belongs to the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit lead you on the giving of an offering today. Praise God. I know you're a child of God. You can hear from the Holy Spirit. So, Give God an offering today as well, along with the tithe. Praise the Lord. God himself is taking you into the place of abundance, of overflow, of rich fulfillment. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray you bless your people as they're tithing, as they're bringing offerings into your storehouse. I thank you that you're taking them into that wealthy place, and you are expanding it and increasing it outward. I pray, Father, that their mentalities be mentalities of abundance and overflow. And if there be any residual effects of small thinking, of scarcity mindset, let that be replaced with a biblical mindset of abundance. Father, we thank you. I pray that you bless your people greatly financially. In Jesus' name, we pray and we all agree and say, Amen. For those of you that are mailing in your tithes, your offering, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28654. Now, if you prefer to bring your tithes, offerings in online, over the internet, go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link, uh, a, a header on the homepage. It says, Give Online. You can click that 
and it takes you to the giving page. It's, it's highly secure. You can click on that, and you'll see the little uh, menu that says Fund, F-U-N-D. Click that, and there's the little drop-down menu. That's where you bring your tithe in. That's where you can bring your offering in, and you can uh, bring it in from online. Praise God. Amen. And God's going to bless you right where you're at. You know, the covenant works whether you're in America or you're in Fiji, whether you're in Tennessee or whether you're in Tahiti. The covenant works. God's covenant works uh, uh, irrespective of skin color or location or anything like that. God will lift you up as you honor him with your finances. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Now say, I'm blessed in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And thank you for your faithful giving. Praise God. It allows us to expand further with the gospel. And I trust, I trust that very soon, uh, I'd say probably within two weeks, probably sooner, but probably within two weeks, we can make a very special announcement about the further expansion that we are doing through television. All, all I can say is that God is good. Amen. God is good. Now today, I want to talk about how to receive your healing when everything else that you've tried hasn't worked. And I know quite a few Christians who pulled all the levers, who've pushed all the buttons, and have done everything technically that manuals or books or this or that or other have uh, have said to do. And many of the books, manuals, and uh, you know articles can all be really, really good, and uh, in some ways even essential. But I don't know why, but it seems like there's one area that when it comes to believers, they seem to miss this golden key that if you if you don't know about it and you don't, you're not aware of it. Wow. I mean, you could live your whole life out on earth in some ways believing for your healing, but it keeps eluding you. Now it can work differently with unbelievers. It can work differently with sinners. If you get sinners that don't know anything about God, they, they don't even know who the Trinity is consisting of. <laughs> they, they don't even they you can't find the book of Genesis. They don't even know where it's at. Okay. If you get sinners into a meeting and there's a healing anointing and you minister healing to sinners, they can get healing miracles very, very easily. All they have to do is believe and they can get it. But once you become a Christian and you're now in the kingdom of God, uh, you're now a covenant child of God. That means you need to get with the program. You're no longer in the kingdom of darkness where God has to have a lot of mercy and, uh, you know, you, you got to get you saved. He'll, he'll save you uh, and he'll even extend mercy. He'll even heal you even before you get saved. If that's the, if that's the meal ticket that gets you to the table of salvation, God's very, very merciful. But once you come into the kingdom of light, God doesn't want you walking around uh, in, uh, uh, in ways that you're exercising still the lifestyle of the old lifestyle of principles of darkness. So he wants you to become acquainted with him to begin to live by his commandments and his instructions, which are all beneficial, not only for your life now, but they prepare you for the world to come. So I want to talk about today, something that many, many Christians miss in the area of divine healing and I believe if you can catch this golden key, this golden nugget, I believe you're on your way to seeing really uh, the receiving of a personal healing miracle in your life. So please uh, listen carefully today as we journey through a few scriptures. I would like to begin in one that I'm sure that many of you already know, especially if you're sick and you're wanting God to heal you, you're probably already familiar with this one. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26 but first, let's pray. Father, as we're examining your word, we thank you that while the Bible in many ways is a simple book, because you never meant it to be complicated, it is nevertheless a legal document. It is a covenant. So there are technicalities in this that we cannot afford just to glance over and not read the fine print. So, Father, help us to understand how you work 
and why sometimes certain things don't work because you don't work that way. Help us to catch it today in Jesus name, in Jesus name. And we say, amen. And you are going to catch it. Woo. Praise the Lord. Exodus 15 verse 26. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God, again, there's the area of diligence. You have to dig down, read the fine print. You have to apply yourself and you have to make that personal uh, effort. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. All right. That's a beautiful healing scripture where God even reveals his name and his name of course is revealing his character, his core identity of one of the major attributes of who he is. And we see here that God is a healing God. And that's even one of the compound names of God, Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord, your healer. Beautiful, beautiful. And you can know that and still stay sick. Let's continue on. Isaiah 53. Oh, oh, Pastor Stephen, I know this one. I know where you're going on this one. Yes, I'm going to Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. So the process of Jesus' back being torn to shreds, plowed like a farmer with the plow creating furrows in the ground. That's kind of like what they did on his back. His back was just ripped to shreds. And this was before he was nailed on the cross. And the psalmist, excuse me, the, the prophet in Isaiah says, by his stripes we are healed. Now, Peter, looking back at what Jesus accomplished for us through the scourging, through the crown of thorns, through the crucifixion, and all of these things of paying these uh, uh, or paying the penalty for our sins and all of the awfulness that's included into that. Peter uh, looks back upon that. And in first Peter chapter two, verse 24, he says, he says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So Isaiah says by his stripes, we are healed Peter looking back now that it's actually been done. Jesus actually bore the stripes, paid the penalty for our sins says by whose stripes you were healed. So healing without question is included in the new covenant. It was no question about it was in the old, the Jewish people knew that that the covenant they had with God that was based on circumcision. They knew that healing was in that covenant. There was provision for healing. No question about it. Well, it's also in the new Testament and there's many verses. Here's one that we just looked at. And I know many of you know this, and this is not even really where I'm going, but I want you to know that I know what you know, but we must still have further information. Now, Matthew chapter eight, Matthew chapter eight, and let's, I'm, I'm hitting the classics, aren't I? Let's go to verse 16. These are healing. These are classic healing, timeless verses. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Woo. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus took every sickness, every pain, every disease upon himself and all of the sin of humanity took it all upon himself while he was suspended between heaven and earth as he hung 
on that cry on that cross. Yes, he paid the penalty for our sins, but along with the penalty of sins, the entire product or the package that was involved in the curse of the law, all of that was funneled on him. He carried all of it and bore it for us. So you can be free from sin. You can be free from lack and poverty, everything associated with the curse. And you could also be free now from sickness and disease and any other nasty, yucky, evil, bad thing that's out there. He bore it all for us. But here we see technically that he took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Why? So that we don't have to. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And you can know that and still be sick. Wow. I believe it, Pastor Stephen. Yes, I don't doubt that you do. You can believe that and still not make the connection. I'm, go I'm, go I'm going somewhere. I'm talking today about how to be healed when everything else has failed. Your best efforts, going here, going there. So I want to go a little bit further. Here's another one that I'm sure that you know if you're believing God for healing and you, you're in the church and you love Jesus. You belong to God. Maybe you've also been looking at this verse, Mark chapter 16. And of course it is essential that you would uh, acquaint yourself with these, with these words, Mark 16 and verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Now, of course, you understand that those would be accidental cases where maybe you drank poison by accident. You thought uh, that was your, your iced tea. You didn't know that somebody had moved that. They had set down uh, maybe some dangerous liquid or something like that because maybe they were going to spray some rat poison and you drank the rat poison, <laughs> you know. Okay, well, if you ever find yourself in a really bad situation like that, there can be healing that's rushed into your body and that stuff uh, can, that poison cannot affect you. Uh, and again, we see the same thing with the taking up of serpents. That doesn't mean we go out and we just uh, tempt uh, something bad to happen to us by picking up a snake and uh, maybe a big rattlesnake and slapping it around a few times and uh, then he bites you and then you try to believe that verse. No, that's accidental. Like when Paul was moving the, the firewood over and he was going to put it by the fire and didn't know there was a venomous snake in there. And unfortunately he got bit, but Nothing happened to him because he was aware, of course, of words like this that Jesus spoke. Praise God. It says, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So we know that God wants you to be healed. He doesn't want you to be sick. Praise the Lord. Yet, as I read these one, two, three, four, five verses, and there's, of course, many more that I could read, countless. I, I could stand here all morning reading healing scriptures, but as I read a few of these verses, you're still sick. And the majority of you that are believing for healing, you actually know these verses. You know them. Um, maybe you've even memorized them, but you're still sick. So why do these scriptures work for some believers? But then again, for others, and the others could be the majority, why does it not work for them? Hmm. I would like to give you a clear cut answer today so that you can know why and that there's no cloudy areas concerning this anymore. Let's, let's see if we can nail it down beginning in the gospel of John, John chapter one, verse one in the beginning was the word. You have to understand that before Jesus ever came to earth and was born through Mary, the virgin, before he was born into the earth, before that he was the preexistent eternal God. There's the father, there's the son, and there's the Holy spirit in time past, even outside of the realm of time, what we would say billions and billions of years ago, 
before time would have even been created in that timeless realm of eternity past. In a, in a sense, eternity doesn't even really have a beginning or ending because it's, it's eternal realm. But you know what I'm trying to say. In the eons of ages ago, Jesus, who we know as Jesus now, because he was born into the earth, Jesus used to be just simply known as the Word. He was the Son of God, and he was called the Word. Mm -mm. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word, the second person of the Godhead deity, you have the Father, the Word, who is Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's elementary uh, theology 101. But what I'm wanting to get at is something different here. In the beginning was the Word. In the Greek language, you need to know that there are two very, very different words that are used for the word word. Okay? So when you're reading this in English, and it says, in the beginning was the word, you have to know what word is this referring to? Because there's two Greek words that are used to describe word. And both words are very, very different. But when you read it in the English, they look exactly, it's just exactly the same. It's just the word, word. <laughs> and this is where many uh, sweet, sincere, God-fearing, Bible-loving Christians, this is where many of them, and a big bunch of them, miss their healing miracle. Now follow along. In the beginning was the Logos. That's what it says in the original Greek. If you were to read it in the Greek, and I'm not going to read the whole thing in the Greek, but just the word. In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. Praise the Lord. So, there are two different words for the word word. We have the word logos. The logos is the general word of God. It's the entire Bible, okay? It's Genesis chapter 1 all the way to the very, very back, Revelation chapter 22, and everything in between. This, my friends, is the logos word of God. Praise God. Knowledge about God. Now listen, I'm going to make a wild statement. Please catch this. Knowledge about God and His promises. I just read like five healing uh, promise scriptures to you. But knowledge about God and His promises does not produce faith. Oh, Pastor Stephen, God's Word produces faith. Hold, hold on, slow down just a minute. Because this is where people make a wrong turn. The Logos Word does not produce faith. Now cal calm down. Don't throw stones at me just yet. Remember, remember, if you need a healing and you're believing for the Scripture and it's not working and years are rolling by, maybe there's something that you don't know. So I'm trying to help some of you and I'm, uh, without getting stoned in the interim. Praise God. I want to say it again. Knowledge about God and His promises does not produce faith. I can prove it to you. I want, let me give you a few examples. We were in Israel uh, in the month of May. And anytime you go on a tour to Israel, and you, if you go, you want to go on a tour because you need to understand where you're at, what's going on, or you could be standing somewhere thinking, well, this doesn't look too exciting. You could be standing on a major biblical site where some type of epic biblical event happened, and if somebody doesn't tell you, you simply don't know. That's why it's good to go on tour, have a professional tour guide explain uh, what took place here, the history of this place, and then it, the Bible starts, in a sense, to come alive with the understanding of context. Now, when you go on tour to Israel, you are, of course, being taught by an Israeli guide. And they are, and I'm not over-exaggerating, they are like walking encyclopedias. They know more about the Bible, even the New Testament, 
They know more about the Bible than most evangelical Christians. They can run circles around uh, the knowledge base of your average evangelical Christian. Well, Pastor Stephen, with knowledge like that, that those Israeli tour guides have, they must all be real close to God, saved and loving Jesus. Uh, No, it's, it's the exact opposite. Almost 90, 90, probably 98% of them aren't believers in Jesus. Well, Pastor Stephen, how in the world can that be when they know the Bible so well? I'm telling you, Logos, Logos word does not produce faith. If it did, every one of those tour guides would be believers. They've got more Logos (laughs) than almost all of the Christians do. They do it for a living. Stop and think about it. When all you do is teach all day long about the Bible, that's all you do for eight hours a day. You teach about the Bible and the land of the Bible and you do all of that and you're still not saved. Where's the disconnect at? The disconnect is that the Logos does not produce faith. Will they give you knowledge? Oh yeah, you better believe it. Do you need that knowledge? Yes. You, you should be acquiring that. Does it produce faith? No, of course not. And it's wild how many Christians don't know that. <laughs> Let me go further. Praise the Lord. In Israel, you have some great archaeologists, world-renowned. And they are brilliant. No question about it. PhDs, highly educated. And they excavate and they go through with a fine tooth comb, literally, ancient debris fields, uh, ancient me- uh, tales or mounds, uh, uncovering them, or digging up the city of David, or digging up all over Jerusalem. There's excavations going on somewhere uh, all the time. Northern Israel, southern Israel, uh, places like this. Jericho has been explored by Catherine Kenyon, and on and on it goes. Great, great, great archaeologists. Well, Pastor Stephen, if they're actually digging up evidence that verifies the Bible and proves that the Bible is true, well, they, they must be all Christians. No, almost all of them are atheists. What? Yes, almost all of them. Today, modern day, they're almost all of them. They not only don't believe in Jehovah God, they don't believe in God at all. They're atheists. They're atheists still. Still, after seeing that the Bible is true, that the evidence is all there, just like the Bible says it is, they still don't believe. You need to know that the Logos word does not produce faith. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can meditate. Exodus 15, 26 where in a sense you know it's true that God is your healer. Praise the Lord. But something's not connecting. Hmm. You know that his name, you, you could even pronounce it right in Hebrew. Yehovah Rapha. You can say it just like a uh, Israeli born Jew could say it. Get all the pronunciation right and all of that. It's still not get healed. Hmm. Hmm. Many of you, you have received knowledge and understanding about God. You read your Bibles and you watch, you watch all kinds of YouTube videos. And now you know, you know this about the Bible. You know that about the Bible. Knowledge is, is like overflowing today. But that doesn't produce faith. It doesn't. It doesn't. Now, let me show you what does. Romans chapter 10. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I know where you're going. Probably, but hang on just a moment. Let's take our time today. Romans chapter 10. And yes, I am going to the classic verse, verse number 17. Let me grab a drink of hot tea real quick. So then, faith comes by hearing. By hearing. Now, We do know that in the Greek that this hearing is something that needs to be continual. That's actually what it means in the Greek language. It comes by hearing, not just one time, but it is a, this is, this is, uh, 
implied in the Greek very, very clearly that it's not a one-time thing, but it is a continual type of hearing. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Well, Pastor Stephen, by the Word of God. Pastor Stephen, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Let me listen. Pastor Stephen, listen to all this knowledge I've got. Let me tell you about it. That's not what this means. All right, let's look at it in, let me just read it in English and Greek. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. So you've got two words for word in the Greek. You have logos, and that's what Jesus is. He is the logos of God. He is the word of God. And you have the rhema of God. And it is the rhema of God that makes all of the difference. That's actually what brings faith. Not the logos, the rhema. Find me one scripture in the Bible that tells you that the logos produces faith. It's not there. And this right here actually tells you where it does come from. So then faith, and that's, that's what you need to be healed. That's what you need for your miracle. That's what you need to get through that impossible situation. You need a miracle. You know you do. How do you get that? You have to have faith. How do you get that? By hearing. Hearing what? Hearing what? Hearing the rhema of God. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. That's why I felt the great sense of peace in my heart when we concluded our last tour and the tour guide with all of his knowledge as the walking encyclopedia as they are. I mean, they, they can, they can talk all day long about the Bible and the Holy land. But at the end of the tour, he said, after having heard pastor Stephen teach, I understand things that I've never understood before. Why? He started hearing some rhema. And it makes you think <laughs> it starts bringing you faith because all this other stuff is good. And we, we need the other stuff. And I want to talk about how God works with that. But if you need, you need raw faith to get a miracle. The only way you're going to get it is through a rhema. Mm -mm. Praise God. What is rhema? It's the quickened now word of God. It's when God through the Holy spirit takes his word, maybe a verse, maybe just a portion of a verse, and he makes it come alive to you. So it's what, it's what we would call the quickened word, but it's also the now word that feeds you right now. But let me go further with the description or the definition of rhema so that you never miss it again. And you know what it is. Here's what the rhema word is. Rhema Unlike Logos, Rhema is a specific word to a specific person in a specific situation. Again, Rhema is a specific word to a specific person in a specific situation. True story, unfortunate story, sad story, but let me tell you this. I'll tell you some good stories also. Uh, some decades back in Korea, there were three young girls that were part of a youth group. And this youth group was very evangelistic. All of them were. They were very on fire for God, a lot of zeal, a lot of uh, just wanting to do anything to take the gospel to others that don't know Christ. Well, they, the youth group had planned to go minister to this one area. They got there. When they got there, um, it was really, really raining. And there was a river. And they would need to get across this river to go to the village to minister the gospel. But the river was just swelling. It, it, it was, the rains were coming down faster and faster. Uh, uh, water outlets are dumping into the river. The river is rising, and it's getting tumultuous, and it's getting really fast and dangerous. But three of the girls who were, you know, familiar with their Bible, they got together and said, you know what? We know that Peter walked on the water and we need to go to that village and we need to preach the gospel 
to those people. And God told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And this river is separating us from preaching the gospel. And those three got together and they bound hands and they prayed together and they said, Oh God, we know your word. We know that you brought Peter out on the water and uh, he walked on the water. And we believe that as we step out in faith and exercise our faith, that we're just going to walk right across this river. And uh, they stepped out and they were swept away by the river. Their bodies were found three days later. They all drowned. Sad, sad. In the nation where this happened, it sent like a shock wave through the Christian communities. And people were shocked and they, and they asked the question, why did God let this happen? And pastors didn't know how to answer the question. And it was very, very troubling because you had three young girls that knew the Bible and they tried to exercise faith in the Bible. They tried to do what somebody else did and they end up dying in the process. And so the church was like, how do we figure this out? What do we, what do we do with this? Is, is God even real? Have we succumbed somehow to a uh, like religious delusion where this is just like, like something of good works. And this is just something where maybe you live your life by and have a high moral standard, but then you die and it's not even, even real. And they were just heartbroken. They were grieved, but there's always an answer. While these young girls did exercise faith and while they did believe that it was true that Peter walked on the water and while they were very sincere, they failed, they failed to distinguish the difference between the Logos word, which is all of the Bible and the Rhema word of God, which is a now word, a specific word to a specific person in a specific place. They failed to recognize the difference between the Logos word and the Rhema word word. These girls had Logos knowledge. They had general knowledge of how God worked through Peter. But their mistake was that they exercised their faith on Logos instead of on Rhema. Listen to me very carefully. This is what some of you have been doing. And this is why it's not working for you. And you know, Exodus 15, 26, and you know, Matthew 8, 16 and 17, and you know, the scriptures rise and be healed. And you know, all of that. And you're trying to exercise faith on Logos and it won't work and it won't work. And so what happens sometimes is eventually after maybe making a big effort and a big push and nothing happens because it won't months begin to go by. Then a person gets discouraged then they back off and they say, well, it didn't work. I and, then, and then there is a sincere misunderstanding where it's like, basically, God, I love you. And I, I know I'm saved, but God, I don't understand you. And I don't know why it works for some. And I don't know why it, does, it works for others. I, I just can't figure you out. Mm. The mistake is trying to exercise your faith on the Logos instead of on Rhema word. Mm. Now, Logos does not always become Rhema. You, you wouldn't need it to. I mean, what if God turned all of this into Rhema? <laughs> you, you can't act on all of it at once. I mean, if God gives me a Rhema word, I can act on it. But if he takes the whole book and turns it into Rhema, I, 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 I can't live to be a million years old. Even if I live to be like Methuselah. 969. That's, that's Logos, right? We, we know, Pastor Stephen, I know that the oldest man that recorded in the Bible lived to be 969 years old. Well, unless God speaks to you that you're going to live that old with the rhema word, uh, we're not going to make it that long. Unless maybe we somehow got over into the millennium. Yeah, okay, we're going to go a thousand years mm -mm. or more. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But Logos does, does not always become Rhema. Now, here's, here's a golden key. Rhema is produced out of Logos only by the Holy Spirit as He quickens a Scripture or Scriptures 
to you, burning them into your soul and letting you know that they apply directly to your specific situation. I mean, you know it in here. You, you, you can't act like God didn't talk to you. You know, he talked to you, you know, in here and he'll let you know, you know, that he just burned that scripture. That scripture just came alive to you. That's a rhema. That's where your miracle is at. And if it's not a rhema, you're not going to get a miracle and you need the Holy spirit for that. You better believe you do. Woo. Praise the Lord. You have to wait upon the Lord to get a rhema. Somebody just about, you just about got upset when I said that. You just about got upset. You have to wait on the Lord to get a rhema. I know everything's fast today. Everything's fast. Download a movie fast. Eat real quick. Everything, everything, society is just moving quick. But if you want a rhema, you're going to have to slow down and wait on the Lord to get it. And trust me, it's worth it when you get it. Woo, praise God. You'll be rejoicing when you catch your rhema. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is a busy age. Logos is now everywhere. Logos is everywhere. You go on YouTube and get saturated with Logos. But you need rhema to experience the miraculous in life. Now, I think some of you are understanding why many can't receive their healing. All the healing promises, and there's, there's so many in the Bible, all the healing promises are potentially yours, but not literally, unless that promise gets turned into a rhema. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I watched a video of Dodie Osteen. She was the mother of Joel Osteen, and she had cancer, and she found a verse, uh, a scripture, and she stood on that scripture, and God healed her of cancer, and I'm going to use the same verse. It's not going to work. It worked for her. Why? It was a rhema for her. I'm helping some of you. Nobody's ever told you this before. That's why it works for some and not for others. It was a, it was a on fire word straight from heaven to them. That's why it worked for them. It was Raymond to them for you. It's a beautiful healing scripture that you have knowledge of, but there's no fire on it. There's no fire on it. It's not quickened to you at all. Yet you're trying to grab it and use it. It won't work. Is it a beautiful verse? Yes. Is it a promise? Yes. But it's not literally fulfilled unless it becomes rhema. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Never just go into the Bible and grab a verse and say, I'll use this one. This one will work. No. No. So, please, slow down. Sit down. Maybe even, and I would encourage you to kneel down and wait on the Lord because maybe he doesn't want to give you a verse real quick. Maybe he wants to have some fellowship and work through some things with you. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to confess some sin and let the blood of Jesus wash it away. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Maybe you need to talk to the Lord about something. And in the process of hanging out with the Lord in prayer, with your Bible open, on your knees, it could be that the Holy Spirit causes a scripture to float up because you have Logos knowledge. You, you've got the word in you. It could be that he takes out of that Logos knowledge database that is in you. He could take a scripture and it begins to float up. And he sears it into your mind and makes it a living promise to you. Now you have a rhema and the sword of the spirit is the, it's not the logos word of God. The sword of the spirit is the rhema word of God. And with that, that's what you rip the enemy to shreds with. 
That's what you cut cancer the shreds with. That's what you take the sickness or disease or the tinnitus in your ear or whatever, whatever this crazy thing is, you have not been able to shake. That's how you do it with the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema word of God. But if this is logos, you're not going to be able to cut anything. You're not going to cut anything with logos. That's that's you can't even call that the sword of the Lord. It's not only the rhema is the sword of the Lord. It's that living word of God. Woo. And you get that. You could run that sword right through the enemy. Who praise God. So wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. You know, one time this was, uh, I think this was the year maybe like 2002 or I think it was 2002. I had the Lord do a double healing on my body. He healed two things that were, um, unless I went into surgery, they're never going to get healed. <laughs> I messed myself up pretty good in two areas. And, uh, I just thought, well, I guess I can live with it. It uh, doesn't hurt. doesn't really hurt. Although it's now it's damaged. So there's a malfunction for the rest of my life, <laughs> unless God does something. But, uh, God's healing power came and he healed both areas, both at the same time. Well, I had a couple of other things happen after that. Also where there was like a one, two punch from God where two, like a double came in at the same time. And I, 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 I noticed that. So I went before the Lord one morning with my Bible on my knees and I said, Lord, I've got some free time. And I want to hang out with you. I want to ask you a question. I said, Lord, this thing of the double of how you do like a double healing, a double miracle. And you see, it seems to be something of your character of your nature where you like to not only do something, but you, when you really want to do it right, you do it with like a double. There's like a double blessing associated with this. I said, Lord, am I right about this? Or is this just like coincidence where I had two things that were physically wrong and you healed them both at the same time. And then over here, uh, you kind of did this both at the same time. Is this related or is this like just coincidence? Are you really the God of the double? Is this the way that you work? And I began to seek the Lord. Uh, and, and you know, I could, I could go through the Bible and start doing this or that. But uh, again, this was back in the, this was back in the time over 20 years ago. Well, I, I was still carrying a, a Cruden's concordance. <laughs> I had a Strong's concordance, but it's not like you had all these Bible versions that are now on the internet where now there's just a plethora of logos anywhere you want to go to look for. Uh, a lot of that still was not yet established. So I just went before the Lord with my Bible and I had my Bible sitting there closed and I'm in prayer. One hour goes by having, having really a good time with the Lord, you know, I prayed and had a good time with the Lord, but I kept, I would just bring that before him. Lord, are you the God though that does the double? Can, is this something I can believe you and take a hold of you to do uh, from now until I go to be with you where you do special double events? And so I would just uh, kind of bring that back before the Lord. And I went past a two hour mark still on my knees, still having a good time with the Lord. Now th let's not get re uh, legalistic. If you have to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. If you need to get a drink of water, get a drink of water. But for whatever reason, I didn't need to go to the bathroom. I just stayed there. One hour goes by the two hour mark goes by and I got right up to around two hours and 56 minutes. And I said, Lord, I said, I've been here. And I, I told the Lord, I said, I've been here like two hours now in 50 something minutes. It was either 56 or 57 minutes. And I said, I, I've got to leave. I don't have any more time. <laughs> I'd stay longer if I could, but I've got to go. I said, but Lord, I said, uh, but you never answered my question. I said, I had a really good time with you, but you've never answered my question about the double, whether you, you are the God that's actually doing this double thing. I said, I, I, I still don't know if it's you or not. And suddenly the Holy Spirit came over me. The presence of God came on me and the, and the gift of faith whoom, just shot into my heart. And I knew, take your Bible, throw your Bible down. God will speak. Now you don't want to do that randomly because again, you're just going to be dealing with logos. There's no telling what you might read. If you do that could be something good, could be something that makes no sense at all. 
<laughs> like the guy that tried to do that, and he threw his Bible down. I'm just going to believe whatever God, uh, whatever scripture the Bible falls open on, and it fell open on a verse that said uh, that uh, Judas went out and hung himself. And uh, the guy said, oh, I don't like that verse. I'm going to throw it down again. He threw it down in another verse, landed on another page, and he looked at that one, and it said, and you go thou and do thou likewise. <laughs> So you don't want to just, we're not trying to fabricate something. So I, I hardly ever do this unless God's in it. But he came on me and the Holy Spirit came on me and supernatural faith came on me. And I knew that God was going to talk to me. I took my Bible and just kind of gave it a gentle toss and it fell open. Would you like to see where it fell open to? It's, it's actually still in the Bible. The Bible, the chapter and verse are still there. Look what God told me. Look what God gave a rhema to me. Look at this, Isaiah, my Bible fell open to Isaiah 61, and when it did, a verse, it seemed to lift up off the page. It looked like a hologram. I've had this happen various times with different times when this anointing comes, and it was verse 7, and it sparkled, and this is what it said, instead of your shame, you shall have double and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Mm -mm. So God, let me know. Clear cut. No guesswork. He is the God of the miracle double. Praise God. And that has been a rhema to me. That continues to feed me going into this year. The Lord told me that this is a, a, a F U N year. This is a fun year. F representing faith. U representing understanding N representing the numbers, your budget, your, your, uh, your basic financial needs. God told me it is a year of faith, understanding and numbers. And that if you focus on that and use your faith and walk in, understanding by making good decisions and uh, watch the numbers. Be careful with the numbers. Uh, we, we don't want to be chintzy, but we don't want to be wasteful. God does not like waste. We want to get it right. And if we are good stewards over F U N God said, not only will I bring you completely out of the red and keep you in the black or put you in the black. If you haven't been there, he said, he said, if you lean into it, he said, I'll double it. He said, I'll double your fun this year. Now, we are halfway through the year, and God wants this to be the funnest year you've ever had, a year of fun. And if you will trust him, he'll double your fun. He'll put you in the black, keep you in the black, and you'll be blessed, and you'll be uh, tasting the grapes of the land of abundance, more than enough, and overflow. Praise God. But my friends, if you need a healing in your body, don't try to grab just a, a Logos word out of the Bible, even as beautiful as it is. No, wait on the Lord and you find that scripture, that word that the Holy Spirit highlights to you and sears it into your spirit so that you know that God has spoken to you. And with that word, you can fight off all of hell and come into healing and wholeness, prosperity, blessing, and goodness. Amen. You need a sword to fight with, but that sword is a word, and it is never a Logos word. It is a rhema word. Now you can see why those that don't take their devotional walk with God seriously, you can see why they're toying with their destiny. They're literally toying with their destiny. As beautiful as the promise is, as beautiful as the calling is, unless they get serious and they get miracle power in there, they're looking at the reality of it not being fulfilled. Praise God. But God is very generous in giving out the rhema word. Seek him and he'll have a word just for you. Now listen to me. No copycats. Stop all of this Logos copycatting and trying to take somebody else's. No, no, let God speak to you. 
Let God speak to you. My friends, don't you understand there's over 8,000 promises in this Bible? I'll take them all, Pastor Stephen. You don't even have room for all of them. Take what you need, but that promise has to be, yes, it's going to come out of the Logos, but it has got to be lit on fire by the Holy Spirit so that it's turned into rhema. Faith does not come by Logos. Faith only comes by hearing what? The rhema word. And when you've got it, you're on your way to a miracle. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people. They are getting up early and they're praying. They are working on the hearing ear. They're not going to have a problem hearing. They are praying, but Father, they must also search after you and with their Bibles opened for the rhema word that is their living word. We thank you that man does not live by bread alone, but, but, but by every rhema, not logos, but by every rhema word that proceeds from your mouth. So there is the now word that you would speak to them. And Father, I pray that they find it. I pray that they eat it, consume it, because it's better than physical bread. And it's also what they fight with. It is their sword of the Spirit. Now, Father, let it come hot and quick. Let it come on fire to them. And we thank you, Father God. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Let us lift our hands and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God for the Holy Spirit. What, what in the world would we do without the Holy Spirit? <laughs> I tell you what we do, we'd be defeated. But with him, oh, you're more than a conqueror. Amen. Praise God. If you're watching today's message and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm telling you, you get your life right with God. You're on the side of Jesus. He has never, ever, ever lost a battle. And he will always give you a word to put you over. If you don't know him, come running to him right now. If you're not right with God because you used to be a Christian, you fell away, get right right now. Let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I'm not playing games anymore. I give you my life. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life and step into my life today and give me your rhema word. Save me now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving my soul. In your name I pray. Amen. Woo and amen. Woo, hallelujah. God's moving. God's moving all over the world right now. Praise God. This is a worldwide church. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Now, let us take Holy Communion together to lock in the revelatory truths that the Holy Spirit has brought forth today in this message. I want you to grab some unleavened bread. Okay? If you don't have unleavened bread, just grab a little cracker, a piece of bread, whatever, you, whatever you've got, and get some grape juice. Praise the Lord. We use unleavened bread because leaven in the Bible re represents sin and the Passover is always done with unleavened bread. Now let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it through this prayer and we set it apart now as being holy. We thank you that this is the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you, O oh God, that we live on that quickened word. We thank you. It's coming like hot fire. It's coming like fire. Thank you, Father God. You only deal with the red hot. <laughs> You've never dealt with the lukewarm ever, <laughs> except to eject them. Thank you, Father. Uh, you're dealing with the red hot word. We thank you that it's coming hot and quick, and we receive now the flesh of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that you're doing double miracles in the lives of your people this year. We thank you, Father God, that the blood is cleansing right now. We thank you that we can wait in your presence 
comfortably. We thank you that the blood cleanses us from any shame or guilt, and we can hang out with you and have a good time. Thank you, Father God. Thank you that in the mix of fellowship, your word is released to us that feeds us and sustains us. We thank you, Father God, there's no defeat or failure in you. We thank you, Father God, we draw near, and we thank you that you make us more than conquerors. Thank you, Father, the living reality, your word becoming flesh. Thank you, O God, your promises that are spoken to us by your spirit becoming the fuel by which we overcome. Father, we now receive the precious blood of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord Jesus is moving right now. Praise God. I want to pray for sinuses. If you have any kind of a sinus problem, I know some people are struggling right now with hay fever and the season's changing and pollen on the trees and things like that. If you have problems with your sinuses, the Holy Spirit is moving. Put your hand on your nose right now. Now, in Jesus' name, I release the healing anointing. Be healed of sinus problems, of pollen problems. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke the excessive flow of phlegm and mucus. Be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I deal right now with, with tinnitus in the ear. Ringing in the ear. If you have it in both ears, put both fingers up. If it's one ear, put the finger up right next to it. In the name of Jesus I command tinnitus to stop in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, loose that person now. And I command you to leave them in Jesus name, be healed in Jesus name. I speak to mental illness and the many forms of PTSD, whether it was war inflicted, whether it was a violent act that was done upon your body, I speak to your mind right now. You will no longer be a victim, but you are being made whole right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus from all trauma, from all soul trauma. Your body can heal, but your, your soul is different. It takes God's touch. The Holy Spirit is touching your emotions, your soul, your mind. Be healed in the name of the Lord. Be healed from the damage done to your mind through drug addiction through alcoholism, be healed. You will not die young. You will live your life out to the fullness of your days and you will have a sharp mind all the days of your life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory healing in your mind. Now in Jesus name, Jesus holds your mind. He holds your brain and your mind in his big hands. Now those nail scarred hands are holding your mind. Now be healed in your soul in the name of Jesus. Let it go. Be healed. <laughs> Woo. Praise God. Let the pain and the trauma go be healed in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yes. Rejoice. That's God's healing power. My friends, thank you for watching today. Our God is a good God. He has nothing planned and intended for you, but victory that will glorify him. Therefore keep moving forward and hold to the rhema word that he speaks to you. God bless you. Enjoy your pursuit of the Lord and the pursuit of the living word. God will surely feed you. He always feeds the hungry. Have a great week. I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.